Your Thanksgiving meal just got more expensive. A survey by the Farm Bureau found the cost of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner is up 20% in the last year, bringing the total to $64.05 for a feast for 10. In 2021, it was $53.31. This is the highest jump in decades. Historically, the cost doesn't change more than a few dollars at a time. Right now, we can make a major projection in the battle for control of Congress with huge, huge consequences here in Washington and indeed across the nation. CNN projects that Republicans will win control of the U.S. House of Representatives, reclaiming a majority for the first time in four years. This is a major blow to Democrats as Republicans gain new power to potentially limit President Biden's agenda and to make crucial decisions about House investigations. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Challenge in 15 years, has it made it more or less likely that you might consider stepping aside once you beat Mike Mansfield's record? Look, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) I've also had over my 11 years on the bench of coming face to face with evil on occasion. There are many times, many times, Good people do bad things, but there are times when evil people do bad things. There is no medication or treatment for a heart that is bent on evil. Child trauma, bipolar, indifference, physical abuse of a child, or even childhood trauma did not cause Daryl Brooks to commit the acts for which he will be sentenced here today. It is very clear to this court that he understands the difference between right and wrong, and that he simply chooses to ignore his conscience. He is fueled by anger and rage. Some people unfortunately choose a path of evil. And I think Mr. Brooks, you are one of those such persons. Snowfall rates of three to even six inches per hour is going to make travel nearly impossible in and around the Buffalo area today and through this weekend. We have a lake effect snow event shaping up to be historical with not just snow on the eastern Great Lakes, but western Great Lakes as well. Cold fetch of air coming over those lakes from the Arctic, and that will keep the lake effect snow alive through the weekend. So we're not going to see this wind down until Sunday. And these bands that will set up along the eastern Great Lakes, well, they are going to be very heavy. Okay, uh, Jean-Carl, you're here for a reason. Without further ado, we appreciate your time. Give us the big news. I'm pleased to present the 2022 AL MVP award to none other than Aaron Judge. Congrats, man. (laughs) Aaron Judge has just found out he is the American League's most valuable player for 2022. Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. And welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 109 here on Friday, November 18th. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your co-host, Fred Garvin. (laughs) Well, how are you, Mike? What's going on in your world today? Um, I am desperately trying to finish my column that's due to be turned in here shortly that's how that 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 everything else has faded into obscurity under that pressure well i am late for a conference here in beautiful oklahoma city you can't really be late for a conference you just show up whenever you feel <laughs> that's like that's true that's true although i now have, now have to take an uber uh because the transportation has missed come the, and gone you missed the bus i missed the bus all right here we go thanksgiving dinner the most expensive in a very, very long time, 60 something bucks for that uh, 
traditional turkey dinner of 10. Yeah, I don't know what the hell planet these people are living on. I mean, I'm probably going to blow a thousand bucks here. Exactly. I mean, I, I know I got like 25 people, but seriously, because I have at least at least a thousand bucks. Where are you celebrating this year in Richmond? Yeah, yeah. We always do our own thing and it's always a big blowout and like there's lots of people and 60 bucks, 60 bucks ain't even going to cover the three turkeys we're going to have to buy. Oh man, three. Yeah, we're going to be in Virginia as well. So uh, oh, the, well, at the in-laws in Vienna. Well, so, well, that's sort of Virginia. Very near. Brother-in-law, sister-in-law hosting. So no, no, it's, it's very near to right. America. Lots of news this week. You heard in the in the opening clips, the house finally flipped after close to a damn week. Uh, we predicted it last week. What do you think the final number is going to be like? 221, 220? 221 is where we're looking at. Yeah. But which is which is basically what the um pretty close to what the Democrats had, right? 223 when they started the show. Yeah, well, uh, I don't, I don't wish this on anybody, especially this rap, this wild bunch. Uh, as expected, uh, President Trump seeks to make America great and glorious again. Um, to which Jeb Bush tweeted rather low energy speech. <laughs> so, the infighting has begun already. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's good, it's good to know that you know. Twitter continues to bring out everybody's most adolescent impulses. I know, right? <laughs> One day someone's going to explain to me what it is about that site that brings out the worst in everybody. Seriously. Uh, Mitch McConnell reelected. There was a brief skirmish. And of course, in Mitch's way, he swatted the idea that he's going to yeah. be stepping down anytime soon. Yeah. I, I'm know, not going I, anywhere. Next. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't understand people sometimes. The um, everybody was all like, "Well, this is a challenge to McConnell and all that other stuff." But the larger reality of it is, people were lining up for what happens next, right? You know, oh yeah, Senator Senator, Senator McConnell, um, despite his own preferences, cannot live forever, right? There's eventually going to be another Republican leader in the Senate. Somebody's got to have that job. So, um, you know, if you think about the if you think about the folks who were barking at him. It's all the guys who want to line up against John Thune at some point. Right. Run. You know, John Thune was, you know, standing. He's 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 the, the heir apparent you know, heir apparent, sort of the loyal soldier. Um I, I know was, that uh I think we should start John Cornyn has visions of of grand, you know, uh well, okay, so visions of grandeur as well. Or okay, so John Cornyn's got himself a claim to it, right? I mean, John Thune's good on TV, you know, that's his claim. John John Cornyn's claim is like for 10 years now, he's been the, the lead fundraiser among Senate Republicans, and not by a little, by like, you know, twice as much as the next nearest person. Yeah. So, you know, he he he's dynamite at that. But anyway, you know, for my money, um, Marco Rubio is clearly going to be the next Republican leader in the Senate, right? He just has the he has the skill, the ability, all that stuff, right? I mean, he's going to be a lot of McConnell. I think he's going to hang around for like thirty years and be be that guy. But who knows? It'll be interesting to see. I think the, uh, the the sort of center of power in the Republican Party forever used to be Texas, but I think it's migrating a little bit a little bit further east. Well, so I mean, it, you know, it, it, I, I say this all the time and, and, you know, you don't think about it because you're from there. But the truth of the matter is most, not most, a plurality of Republican money and the greatest single number of Republicans are resident in the state of California. Yeah, that's true. We, for, uh, we, we forget about that, right? Because we do. Yeah, but it's true. So. Right, right. Uh, but they're just... Hopeless yeah. in terms of statewide. I mean, that's where the bench usually migrates to, right? So yeah. when you know you've I mean, name a prominent Republican in California. Yeah. Go. Uh, yeah. Pete Wilson. <laughs> oh man, that's a blast from the past. He was uh, my first boss. George Duke Majin. I mean, <laughs> you know. So uh, you know, I I, I did the CNN flip um clip because i wanted to segue into comer's <laughs> bob Comer came out guns blazing baby <laughs> i mean yeah those I, guys are like here yeah. we go we're going after the big guy 
you know, I, I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. I was just like, this, this is why nobody trusts democracy because you, you have an election that's about inflation and crime and border security and abortion right on the other side. Um, and what are the, what's the first thing we start off saying? The first thing, we had a yeah. great press conference. Where did well, you guys? And it's exactly what the Democrats said the Republicans would do. So they literally walked right into that one. So it's so I don't understand why they couldn't just do it. Why did they have to have a great big giant announcement? I know it, it's this is going to be you, the know, worst. you want to know why is because for some reason they're not listening to the unregulated podcast. If more Republicans on the Hill did that, they would get a lot of good wisdom. I, I, truthfully, let me just let me let me let me circle around that for just one second. You know what I think part of the problem is? Part of the problem is they have a bunch of staffers who are 32 years old. Yeah. Who like, you know, who who confuse social media and you know clicks with actual progress. Yeah, well and, it's a it's a recurring theme we have here, but but according to everybody, including Senator Maki, uh Twitter's dead now. So you know, again, I don't wish ill on anybody, but I'm not sure the death of Twitter would be a bad thing for the American people. Well, it's a, it's not, but it's just interesting how quickly they've turned because well, that, you all know, of a sudden it's not they, their they're going to have, right. Like it's not exclusive domain of the darling media and the left. So, yeah. Uh, it, so evil people do bad things. That was the summary <laughs> of the judge's sentence um, on Daryl Brooks. We now know that he is going to basically spend the rest of his life in jail for the heinous crimes that he committed in Min in Minnesota. So, yeah, it it is what it is. Um, judge wins the AL MVP, introduced by Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, yeah we got a such a menacing storm in Buffalo. To my relatives up there, hunker down if you uh, didn't get out. Uh, but apparently the bills aren't playing on <laughs> in rich in that's not rich stadium anymore. My gosh, that dates me. Yeah. They moved the bills game to Detroit. So yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be depressing to watch. I'm like who, who the hell's going to go to that? Well, they're going to play twice now in Detroit. I think they're playing the Thanksgiving game this year, right? Well, are so, they? I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know Detroit always plays the Thanksgiving game, but yeah, I think they got Buffalo teed up. So, Oh, well, good for the bills, but God almighty, like, who's going to go to this game on Sunday? Like, Detroit fans? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's been weird. Like, they've been, whew, they've, they've been losing Bills? some games, some strange, they've been, they've been like, the last week was just, I've never seen anything like it. So, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, this goes without saying, Josh Allen needs to um, be more careful where he's throwing the ball and more careful how he's holding on to it. Guy well, needs to really get turnovers. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Uh, he just needs to kind of calm down a little and get get settled in, I guess. And of course, uh, your weekly reminder that the border is secure, straight from the mouth of the Secretary Mayorkas. Unbelievable. <laughs> he's, you know, the the interesting. I mean, he's. I, the House guys are going to impeach him. I think. I think they're going to bring a vote forward to impeach the guy. I he's, think it's. I think it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like he just. It's it's like we're living in that in that room 101, you know, it's crazy. It's it's and you know what? Everyone's been pointed at it for six months now. It's like there's something they're excited about. Like, hey, we're going to impeach this guy. I'm like, and then what? It'll right. give us a chance to focus on the issues. I'm like, if that's the only way you could focus on the issues, you guys need to work on your messaging a little bit. Yeah, uh, the governors are doing the messaging for them, I think. Governor Abbott is now sending now Philadelphia is on the list of places where the buses are going. So we are literally in a red, like we were talking about last week, man, we are in a blue red verbal civil war at this point. You want to, you want a factoid from, from this, you want a factoid from this election? Shoot. To that point. Um, this is the fourth time in fifth, in five in the last five midterm cycles the control of the house has flipped right mm -hmm. um, that's happened one time before in the american history we're four or five you want to know which dates 
I'm going to guess. Go ahead. 18, no. 18. You're going to 1863 to 68. No. 60, no. 70. I don't know how long the stretch is there. 1842, 1846, 1854, and 1858. So basically in the run up to the Civil War is the last time they had mm. these kind of thing happen. There we it, go. It's, a, it's one of those things that data geeks have been like talking about for a week now or just like, this is not a... This is not a good trajectory. Well, I think on. there have been times in the past though where it's it's turned into like members shooting each other and banging on each other with canes in the in the steps of the rotunda. So maybe maybe it'll come to that. Maybe it won't. All right. Before we get into it, any announcements from you, sir? Uh, yeah. Since you probably missed this because you're out of town. Um, Politico this morning ran a story that Brian Deese is going to be leaving the administration. <laughs> in the I actually <laughs> had it on my list of topics to discuss. I do not miss any Brian Deese news. <laughs> I was so happy. It was grand and glorious. You, yeah, so. I just, just wanted to make sure we didn't miss that in the passing parade. <laughs> you psycho. That is great. Now he's just going to go back to you know, working with Larry Fink. Uh, yeah. Right? Well, he's, I, roll back to Black Rock and try to screw things up over there. So. I was going to say, you know, haters, haters going to hate, right? He's going to, some men just want to see the world burn. He's going to go someplace oh, where he's going to damage. Uh, uh, it's not done just because he's leaving the administration. Oh, I see your personal growth oh, is going to yeah. keep going. Oh, okay. yeah. Good. Good. I'm it's excited. Not done. It's not done. Hey, you want to do a little this day in history? Oh God, it's so bad the last couple of times. Yeah, I just okay. there aren't really like seminal it, moments here. In it's okay. Last... No, November eighteenth. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do it. Uh, let me do three, and they're all a little bit obscure. But one I thought was interesting because I had not known this before. In eighteen eighty three, on this day, uh, at exactly noon, at exactly noon, the Statue of Liberty ribbon cutting <laughs> happened. No, on this day in history. The American and Canadian railroads began using four continental time zones to end the confusion of dealing with thousands of local times. Interesting. That's a that's the, a the the that that's just tribute to the power and the you know strength of the railroads back then, right? And the game changing nature of of the railroads because. They didn't wait for government to f figure it out. They just did it themselves. What do, you, what um, do you mean? I'm sorry. What do you mean when you say back that? Well, I mean, the power not, of the railroads back then. Yeah, they're they're not as as they are. I mean, they still got their antitrust exemption and all that. So, um, let me see if I can help you here. They're they're a monopoly whose partner is the federal government. So, yeah, yeah they're probably okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Um, 1966, sir. 1966 on this day. It's a sports one. It's a sports one. The um, the Jets beat the Raiders in the famous no. Heidi game. No, that was 67, but I was as close as I could get. The LA Dodgers ace pitcher Sandy Koufax retired. Retired. Sure. Sure. Saying just he wanted 30 years old. Retired. Yeah, so uh, but but his his arm was shot. Chronic arthritis in his pitching arm. Yeah, his arm was shot. Uh, so it was like, oh, he retired so young. I'm like, he was done pitching, right? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like he was Nolan Ryan. Like, yeah, there was no years. Tommy John or any yeah. of that. Good well, stuff. it's just he was he's just done. Yeah. yeah. So he entered the majors in 1955. Dodgers were still in Brooklyn. Um, and he finished with a record of strikeout uh major league strikeout record of 382 to which of course nolan ryan came back and kind of kind of like you know crushed him on that one but yeah can, course, can i say can, can i say ahead. something yeah uh, sandy koufax has a has a bit of you know has a great big giant fan base i'm not a, i'm not among them that, i know, you know that's part that's part of the reason i brought it up you know i mean he's he was a good pitcher he was a he, he was a good pitcher who dominated the league for like four or five years 
But, you know, he's kind of Pedro Martinez. He was great for four or five years, but he wasn't that great over like 10 or 12 or 15 years. And truthfully, the Yankees beat him as often as they lost to him. So, you know, I'm just like, in all fairness, he wasn't even the best pitcher in the 66 World Series. Jim Palmer was. So, you know, I, I, I I don't want to be that guy, but come on, man. Well, he he threw several no hitters, including a perfect game. And here's a quote from Willie Stargell, who said hitting his fastball was like trying to drink coffee with a fork. So, all right, moving on. This is uh interesting. Willie, Willie Stargell is a funny guy. I know. This is a this is 1978, November 18th, 1978. This is an try to give you a hint. It involves a lot of people from San Francisco. Oh, the Jim Jones thing in Guyana. Yes. Really? Yes, sir. This day, the mass suicide at Jonestown. For some reason, I always thought that happened in the summertime. Okay. So it was a mass murder suicide for for those youngins out there, including the producer who may not know about this, uh, where Jim Jones was a charismatic church fella in san francisco who had a pretty strong power base he was mostly a communist um he was a a nut and uh he was getting like basically the law was surrounding him in san francisco so he decided to move to guiana of all places and brought a bunch of people with him and then of course uh encouraged them to willingly ingest themselves with a poison lace punch killing about 900 people you're, uh, you're, and, including children uh it was insane you, the imagery is just absolutely insane yeah the, the reporting at the time was i, I you know I was, I was i was old enough to know the reporting at the time was really confusing you're like what 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 anyway you're missing the important part of the story oh no i haven't gotten to it but go ahead go ahead you first so 10 days later something else happened in san francisco uh yeah, yeah a I former police officer and board oh, of alderman was that the same fall dan white dan shot white. and killed san francisco mayor Mus- george Moscone, who was a rival of senator now senator diane feinstein, feinstein and harvey milk yeah gunned them both down didn't serve very long because uh of now what is it uh called the famous Twinkie defense. Um, So uh, the reason I brought this up was because I don't think a lot of people knew or, or, you know, the youngins probably have no idea how Diane Feinstein like popped onto the scene. That's true. I forgot she, she climbed, she climbed right into the cockpit. The, um, the, the, the Guyana thing, right. Led to a, led to a, um, the, 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 poison was put into kool-aid yep. and the people willingly drank the kool-aid which is how you wind up with the phrase drink yeah the, they, he drank the kool-aid drank the kool-aid and I don't, i'm not sure i get the feeling that's like starting to fade into into cultural fade out of cultural consciousness the origin of that particular phrase right we're, we're gonna bring it back let's do it really <laughs> <laughs> all right so there's one more quick one and this is short short and also tragic 1999 uh no clue 12 people died being college college idiots at texas a&m at texas a&m university yeah yeah um this was the the annual texas a&m bonfire uh which they they proudly self-proclaimed to be the world's largest before the annual football game against their arch rival the University of Texas. Yeah. So these chuckleheads built this massive bonfire and were just either drinking or whatever. I don't know, but it just, the, all the logs came tumbling down. All these students were like basically rolled to death by logs. So. Yikes. Yeah. I was, you know, I, I, I remember that. I don't, I don't exactly know how they all wound up dying. Cause I mean, I've been to lots of campus bonfires. And at least at Penn, we managed to do them all without killing anybody. So I'm not sure, like, how big did this thing have to be to kill 12 people? Uh, I'll give you the answer. 
was supposed to require more than 7,000 logs. That was that was their goal, but they didn't get they didn't get quite finished with with all 7,000 logs. Yeah, so, you know, at a certain point you just say, hey, that's yeah. enough. Okay, right. it's like, come on, just build a bonfire for God's sake. Right, the fire's big enough, boys. Let's keep moving. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into let's get into the congression, the House of Representatives, and the leadership stuff, shall we? Sure. All right. Let me play a little clip to set it up. Hold on. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. And I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility. Ding dong, Pelosi's gone. Yeah, the, um, it, has a very, it has a very substantial apremois, la deluge kind of vibe to it, right? Yeah. And, you know, she's, she's, she is, she is taking the last vestige of order and discipline out of that caucus with her. It's going to be a it's going to be a mob scene from here on out. Yeah, and the interesting thing too is there's been a you know it has been a quest of the Republicans to take this lady you know out down whatever, and they could never do it. They could never do it. Uh, two terms as speaker. First from 07 to 11, and then from 19 until, I guess, the end of this Congress. So she's been a whip. Um, she's been, like, involved in, uh, I mean, I'm 30, I'm 30 years in this town, and she's been basically the lead dem, you know, that we had Foley, Speaker Foley go down uh, after the new era came in, and she kind of even though she wasn't the leader, um, she kind of was, um, much like Tom DeLay was behind the scenes in the Republican Party. In fact, my former boss, Mr. DeLay, said that she was his most formidable opponent um, during all that time. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it is what it is, right? She's been speaker for a long time. She wanted two speakers to come back after losing the gavel. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I kind of like Sandy Koufax on this one. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, this, that, and uh, no, she, No, she's just, no, she's terrible. She's a no, hardcore lefty, well, hardcore lefty from San Francisco, man. Like, yeah, I don't mean none it of her politics way. are good for the country. So. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't mean it that way, although, of course, I think that. What I mean is everyone's like, oh, you know, important speaker and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, guys. I don't know how to burst your bubble, but most but most people out there in America can't even identify their own member of Congress, let alone who the Speaker of the House is. You know, it it it. I, I get it. You know, she's a person who achieved a lot in her line of work, and and that's great, and that's super, that's something valuable. But that's what it is. It's her line of work, right? It's not like, you know, she didn't change the world. She didn't invent anything. I'm like, you know, this, what we're going to have to endure for the next three or four weeks. I'm just, oh, yes. I'm cringing because it's going to be like the, the greatest tributes ever, transformative American life and all that other hoorah. I'm just like, she's you know, the I'm, daughter of a questionable politician from Baltimore. She comes out of a, like you say, a questionable family in Baltimore. She did right well. Ran plays, had a lot of success in her chosen field. Super. Um, but, you know, that, that could describe more or less half of the CEOs in the United States. You know, so I, I'm just like, eh, eh. I have a, I'm, I have a diff different take. I'm actually, I'm actually in awe of her because, you know, she she could have left public service a long time ago and made millions, Mike, in the private sector. But she sacrificed so much for her country. <laughs> Yeah. By devoting her life to this to this public service. <laughs> yeah, it, it you know it's, it's in her double decker freezer. Yeah, with ice cream while everyone else was dying of Corona. So. You know, what I mean, I guess that's part of why I'm just like, dude. I, I, <laughs> no, the, she, the propaganda in this she was town the is... single greatest like stockbroker in 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 Washington D.C. I, I think I guess... she's going to resign. I think I'll, I'm oh, I'm going to yeah. peg it to 
March? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I can tell you right now, it's going to be the time that's most conducive to her daughter winding yeah. up with a job, right? Right, exactly. Um, which, you know, when everyone's busy thinking about how great the speaker is and blah, 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 just remember, she's about to game the system to pass along a seat to her child. Well, so, much like in the fine tradition of almost every politician. Yeah. Frank Murkowski's legacy is, is saddling Alaska with the only person in the whole state that she, he could think of that could possibly fill his shoes. Uh, of course, Debbie Dingle is now sitting in old Johnny Dingle's seat, former GM lobbyist. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, so we're going to have to listen to a bunch of this. And I'm just like, I'm just going to, I am preemptively tired of it. How about if I say it that way? I hear you, boss. So the new... The new face of the Democratic Party will be uh, when they have their elections on November 30, which, by the way, you know, we can get into the House stuff. They, I hate that they have their leadership elections before the House was even called, but that's I'll set that aside. The um, outcome is somewhat preordained at this point. The new leadership team in the Democratic Party will be a New Yorker. Hakeem Jeffries. Someone from Massachusetts. Catherine, uh, what's her name? Clark. Clark. And a Californian. Uh, Pete Aguilar. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, okay. That's what the the books say. He's in line for for the big for the big three slots. So, Democratic Party, of course, now basically that is the Democratic Party. Those yeah. three states include Illinois. Um. Yeah, and, I, and Pennsylvania, know, I guess, for a while. So. You know, the the important part of that story is, and the one I'm looking forward to as we go along is, Mr. Jeffries is a member of the Progressive Caucus, but I don't think he can stand um, the, the squad. Yeah, he really can't. And uh, and I think, unlike Speaker Pelosi, who managed to kind of keep that on the DLO, I think he, he being being a New Yorker, I think he's going to make it more obvious, right? He's gonna he's gonna go out of his way to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to, because for, like I said, you know, our, uh, the Republicans, I should say, have a lot of familiar faces, but they've had a huge churn over the years, right? Like none of my guys are even around anymore. Um, these are then the same, you know, Hoyer, Pelosi, Clyburn, that old lady from Connecticut, Deloro. These yeah. have been the same cats that have been, been hanging around and running the Democratic Party for decades. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's you know, at 80, at 80, I guess it's time to think about what you're going right. to do next, right? It's time to, time to move on to fresher fields. It, it's, I, on to yeah. the House Republicans. It I looks like Kevin McCarthy will uh, have some work, a little bit of work to do to get the speakership. Um, but it's looking highly likely that he'll be able to pull it off. The question is, what kind of concessions will he have to give to the rank and file? Our friend, uh, and I mean that literally, our friend Steve Scalise from uh, Louisiana was basically voiced, voted majority leader. Good for him. Um, he's going to be great up there. And the whip is still kind of a, a three-man race. Is that where we're at on that? Oh, uh, help me out. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Tom Emmer's going to. Tom Emmer's going to get it. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a done deal. So, so your big three in the House Republican Party will be Kevin McCarthy from California, Steve Scalise from Louisiana, and and where's Emmer? Where's he from? Minnesota. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Oh, for um, Pete's sake. Tell me, tell me <laughs> all those Minnesotans. Tell me, tell me, tell me you don't really care about house leadership without telling me you don't really care about house leadership. <laughs> it was all right. He won on the second. It makes you feel any better. He won on the second ballot. He beat Jim Banks. And this is an important part of the story. He won, he beat Jim Banks because a bunch of the House Freedom Caucus guys um switch teams at the last second and mm -hmm. voted for Emmer instead of banks yeah so there's some... they didn't want to 
they, they didn't want retribution or something? What was that? No, I, you know, because I don't know. They wanted better food in the cafeteria. Yeah. Well, no, the guys. whip actually, if, if tradition holds, the whip is the one who serves the meals during late votes. So it, 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 it could have been a menu thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's flip over quickly to, to RNC chair, because this is interesting. Yes. Um, what I've actually, heard this, is this is a race that I'm watching much more closely. Current chairman has about 110 votes locked uh, up. What is it like 170? 168 guys. 160. Uh, 168. 168. Okay. Yeah. She's got about 110 locked in. Well, um, well. or pledges, pledges. Yeah, there we go. We have um, uh, a interesting uh, Lee Zeldin. Former, now former. Well, he's currently a member of Congress until they. Until he is in fact currently a member of Congress and friend of this podcast. Is running for chairman, which I think is fantastic. And then uh, he sent an Mercedes email. Mercedes Schlapp's uh, name has been thrown around. Yeah, Mercy's um, not going to get in, but but Lisa. no, <laughs> I actually saw Mercy. Can I can I do a little breaking news? Sure. Matt didn't really check with her before he floated, before he floated that name. <laughs> so she's like, I've, I said, Mercy, you have my 100% full support. She started laughing. So now it's going to be between Zeldin and, and, and Rana. So yeah, and I, I can't imagine for the life of me that you would reward her again. Um, uh, it's, it's shocking to me that this and, is even a conversation. You know, like she's not stepping down. First of all, she should. You know, well, what's anyway. you know, you know, it's you know, it's depressing. Well, let me just do the mechanics for a second. Lee sent out his, Lee sent out an email to everybody yesterday, all the all the voters yesterday, saying, "Hey, I'm running, um, and hold your vote for me." Um, they're going to vote whenever they decide on a winter meeting in um, in D.C. Right? It's going to be January sixth or seventh, something like that, mm -hmm. um, or eighth <laughs> is when the vote's going to happen. Um, so that's the mechanics. The um, to your point, um, Vince Chairman McDaniel has been Chairman McDaniel. Um, we've lost the presidential race in Michigan. We lost the presidential race nationally. We've lost a governor's race in Michigan. We've lost both. Her state. We lost both bodies of the legislature in Michigan. Um, it is incomprehensible to me and unbelievable that you could have an RNC chairman from a state that couldn't even hold her own state. How, how, why would anybody listen to somebody who can't even yeah, manage their own place? In, fair, in, in fairness, though, Michigan's a hell. It's a pretty tough state. Tom, when we handed it to her, let me just, let me just, let me just clear, this, I know. clear everybody's head. When we handed it to her, we had just won it in the presidential election of 2016. We held both houses and we thought we were going to have a chance at winning the governor's race. So far, none of that's happened. I, I, I say this all the time. I will say it again to you. If you are giving money to a party apparatus, you are literally just lighting it on fire. These people have no clue what they're doing. Don't give money to a party apparatus. It is a waste. Thank you. All right. That's well, uh, this is my public service announcement for the day. I am officially endorsing Lee Zeldin. I'm going out on a limb here and I'm officially endorsing Lee Zeldin. Now that I know she doesn't want it, I'm going to endorse Mercy Schlapp. <laughs> I don't think she said... She didn't want it. I think she said that she didn't. The good news is, is I think Ask, this, it wasn't that, in her head. Let's put it that it, way. I think at least now I know what I'm going to write for my column today. That's what I'm going to write. I'm going to write all about. <laughs> oh this. boy, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I, I, I guess it wasn't Chatham House rules in that meeting, but it, 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 it um, seriously, how in the world can you have the train wreck of the last four years and yeah. just? This shouldn't be a race, but it's probably going to be. Right. And that's a segue, right? Until, I until, mean, until Lee raised his hand, nobody was even going to run against her. That's I how know, bad it was. Which is absolutely also crazy. So I think the best way, and I think we said this last week, the best way to encamp, encapsulate the situation in Washington is that literally, literally, with the exception of the House flipping barely, uh, and the margins are literally almost the same, nothing has changed. We are in the exact same spot. Um, we've got President Trump running for president. Uh, and Biden is likely going to be the Democrat running for president. And 
I mean, we're going to, this, this is going to be a redo, uh, except, except I don't think that it's an, a, a foregone conclusion that he's going to win the primary. Uh, it's going to be his to lose. Um, but, you know, he's lost a few. Let me play this clip from the good governor from, from Florida. Look, I think we we just we just finished this election. Okay, people just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was a it was a it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. So hopefully, we'll be able to be able to do that. But I think what people like me who've been given the opportunity to continue is, okay, uh, let's do something with that. And the reason why we want historic victory is at the end of the day, we led, we delivered, and we had your back when you needed us. That, that is why we won big. That was a response to the quote-unquote GOP civil war. That was the question that was asked of him. So Yeah, I... I... I dig the vibe. I dig the vibe, right? Yeah, he's the only one thinking about Georgia. Well, yeah, he's the only one thinking about Georgia, but also the, why don't you everybody just take a deep breath, right? Bingo. And this this may be, you know, that's the kind of thing this moment may call for. Just everybody take a deep breath. We'll, we'll, we'll smack the bad guys around. We need to smack them around. But for right now, let's just, 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 just chill a bit. It, exactly. it, 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 I thought it was the perfect response. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's good, man. He's good. Um, all right. So I want to shift gears a little. We don't usually get in, into these kind of things, but this whole FTX crypto thing needs a little bit of our time. Um, you got this 29-year-old kid named Sam Bankman Freed, okay? And he's basically like took took this crypto exchange thingy and just ran it into the ground. But there's a lot more weirdness about this whole thing but let me let me set it up with someone who tries to explain roughly how uh how the whole thing collapsed so here it is he was using counterfeit money and stolen money to lobby against all the virtues in the industry against proof of work against bitcoin he was working to corrupt regulations corrupt the political process Right. When you have actors that use corrupt uh, counterfeit stolen money in order to undermine the industry, it's not good for anybody. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, people need to decipher this. FTX, you know, generated uh, an FTT token blue. You know, if you trade your own token on your own exchange with wash trading with leverage, you can park the price at any number you want. So you want to make a billion dollars, you jack the price by three bucks by wash trading with yourself. Then you generate a billion dollars of collateral. Then you look for a bank that'll loan you money against the collateral. And of course, nobody in their right mind should be loaning money against an air token that you manipulated yourself. But of course, Sam happened to be the CEO of a bank that made loans. So he applied for a loan from his own bank and he granted it to himself and then he took real assets like Bitcoin from his honest customers, and then he rehypothecated them, traded them, lost them. And so this is just an egregious ethical lapse, and it, it can't go on. These exchanges cannot continue to be unregistered, unregulated, offshore. All right. So the the reason I brought it up is because, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen that what's floating around now, and that is the dude was the one of the biggest donors to the to president Biden of the democratic party this cycle. Yeah. Right. The dude has been held up as this saint because all the PR about him is, is that the only reason he wants to raise money is to do good. And the dude has been throwing money around all the lefty causes all over town. Right. Uh, and including the greens and everything else. And, Essentially, that is what he did. He just was a, a total scam artist. Um, and the regulators didn't bat an eyelash on him, right? I mean, they are, you know, it, it, no one actually questioned any of it. And then all of a sudden, 
the story breaks when after the election, right? So there's a whole lot to unpack there, but um, I yeah. thought I thought it was just I think it's just a, a, a great, atrocious. I have I have three big thoughts on this. You want them? I love them. That's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. Thought number one is um, <laughs> Warren Warren Buffett is a genius. Um, you know, Warren Buffett's big theory of investing is don't invest in something you don't understand. And I have to be honest with you, I've never understood crypto. Not at all, not a little bit, not at all, never. And I've never understood blockchain either. I've never understood the connection between the two. So, right, and I'm like, okay, I'm not an idiot. So if I don't understand it, it must be really complicated or a scam. Those are my two choices. And I'm thinking it's a scam. So that's big thought number one, right? Warren Buffet is a genius and gives good life guidance. Thought number two is, you know, I have yet to hear any calls for the Democrats to return that money. Right. I'm waiting for that. If, if this, this is the difference between Republicans and Democrats. If this were Republicans, if this guy was the biggest donor to the Republicans, yep. Democrats would have been on it like day of. Hey, man, everybody needs to give the money back. Um, I'm still waiting for the Republicans. We're busy having press conferences about stuff nobody cares about, like Hunter Biden, instead of like, hey, you should give the money back. This guy's obviously a criminal. And then um, thing three is a more societal thing. This is a natural consequence of valuing something that has no value. Yeah, boom. You know, Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff that has literally no value. You know, you get, you, this is in, inevitably going to happen. You're going to wind up with some some guy, by the way, not accidental. He's a Silicon Valley kid, right? He grew up, parent, parents are professors at Stanford. Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit too. Right. But so, uh, so he grew up in that environment. No, you, it's just a matter of time till some smart criminally minded kid figured out, hey, there's free money going around. Let's steal. Also, it. it's not a coincidence that he lives in the Bahamas. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like, shouldn't that have been a warning? Like a ding, 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 ding. You know, <laughs> you know? It, it's like, what? I, I, I'm going to sound old here, but the United States, as a matter of policy and preference, should prefer actual businesses that make real things. Our tax code should reflect that. Our policy should reflect that. Uh, and yes, and, and, 100%. And, yeah, and marriage. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, we should be about instead of the opposite. Yeah, we should be about things that actually are productive. People, companies, institutions, you know, because the alternative is guys like this. Anyway, sorry, those are my three big thoughts. So here's some breaking news, ready? And then we can get out of here. Uh, we'll get to your list and then get out of here. Today, this, went, this came on this morning from the New York Times. Qatar bans beer sales at World Cup Stadium. I saw that. <laughs> holy crap <laughs> i thought of you the second i saw that article comes out. <laughs> i'm like holy mackerel it, 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 you know Christ how do you take a sport like soccer and make it even more ridiculous and painful to watch i, I just it was like <laughs> i, I it, it was so who in the hell this is a serious question. Who in the hell watches soccer without beer? I mean, it must be it must be intolerable. It's like it must like freak get your wisdom teeth extracted without Novocaine. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but God Almighty! Uh, our producer sent that to me and said the only thing worse than watching soccer is watching soccer sober. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Alex. Uh, I mean, I, I'm like. There's going to be 14 fans in the stadium. Nobody's going to show up if they can't get drunk. <laughs> Crazy. All right. I got quick energy news. Uh, I don't think we brought this up, did we? Richard Glick appears to be out of the competition for commissioner and chairman of FERC, at least for now. Yeah. Um, Senator Joe Manchin, the still and will continue to be chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resource Committee, announced that he's not holding a hearing on said commissioner, um, which essentially makes it impossible at this point because there's no way they could go through logistically the what it would take to discharge him out and, and have it you know adjudicated on the Senate floor. So he's out. But let's not pop champagne yet because he can easily be renominated in January of next year. And you know, if Herschel Walker loses, they're gonna have an extra vote 
in the Senate, the Dems are going to have an extra vote in the Senate to play around. And my, uh, I'm not a cynic or anything, but my guesstimation is, is that Tester and Manchin and Cinema are going to be sitting around in a room carving out which votes they're going to, which things they're going to vote against. So there'll yeah. always be one no Dem uh, on anything remotely controversial. So I, I'm not celebrating this. I think it's just postponing. I think it's more of a question of whether he wants to, you know, be re renewed next year or not. And then if not him, then who? So, yeah, I, I, I think. It's and, a and this is for the, for, for those who aren't like deep inside, this is for the federal energy regulatory commission, which is basically sort of the judges for whether or not pipelines get approved. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky for any administration nominee in front of Senator Manchin until this Mountain Valley pipeline thing is fixed one way or the other. Um, and, you know, the administration seems to be on a, on a jihad to, to piss Manchin off, um, which, yeah, good for them, good for him, um, probably bad for the rest of us. I would say this, right? Um, whatever you think about Rich, he's probably the far right post of what this administration would renominate. Uh, right? Yeah, well, I would expect still... if, if they don't nominate him, they're going to nominate somebody with less experience, with less wisdom and with less knowledge about the industry they're regulating. So, um, you know, this, 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 this is, um, like you say, no celebrating. It's just a, just a fact of the world, I suppose. Yeah. But I still, I prefer that the process be dragged out as long as possible. So yeah, over a three, two commission that basically can. I'm perfectly content to have a two, two commission. Absolutely. It, more or less indefinitely. I think it keeps mischief to a minimum, which is, should be everybody's goal. All right. I am done. I don't want to talk about that stupid conference uh, in Egypt. Um, we can get to that next week. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, Big it, dud. I'll, so. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what's going to happen in the conference in Egypt because there was a bunch of stories today about how they're having trouble coming to do agreement, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Late night, are, last minute, extended negotiations. Right. This, 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 I don't want to say what this stuff's all the same, right? It's always, it's, we're not going to be able to do it. And at the last minute, they heroically a miraculous agreement right, on right, 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 right. shifting the wealth from the West to the, to, to yeah, other countries. And then everybody goes back to building their coal plants. So, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it as I, I have said this elsewhere and I got in trouble for it earlier this week because somebody got upset about it in a room full of bankers. Um, since the Kyoto Protocol has been signed, greenhouse gas emissions on this planet have increased 50%, five zero. So if you're, um, and that's just numbers support fans. So if you're, um, if you're thinking this process is gonna solve your problem, you might wanna reassess what you're thinking because it has done literally nothing. Um, so anyway, cop, that's cop. Can, I got, I got just one thing. You got, you, you got something else? You got I got thing. not. I got the close. That's it. Yeah, one so. thing. So, so twelve Republicans joined all Democrats in the United States Senate this week to vote to proceed to um, legislation that would federalize essentially same-sex marriage, um, leaving aside the the leaving aside the um, merits of the legislation in question. It is without a doubt an, a, a contentious piece of legislation. The twelve senators. Three of them are retiring. The 12 senators waited until after the election to bring this thing up. 12 Republican senators waited until after the election to bring this thing up. That tells you a lot. If you wanted to identify a threat to democracy, that's a threat to democracy. When elected representatives are essentially afraid to vote for something because it might cost them at the ballot box. Right. Or, or you hear the famous like, well, I'm no longer be encumbered by the by by voters right, right? Or, or change that in, yeah or, oh i can i can vote how i feel now right, right? like this is, happens all the time this happened it, with it, lamar it, it does um it does, which is why yeah. i bring it up i bring it it's, up because, it's insane it's absolutely that's why there should be no lame duck anything yeah, exactly i bring it up this should be the is. end of the this is this should be the end of it they should adjourn before an election period and story they should sign it it's, an, it's, it's insane it, so. it, 
I, I mentioned it because and everyone out there is getting screwed, by the way, by all of this. Of course. Um, and that's it, why they do it. Well, clear the barn. We've got to clear the barn. You know, so. I, I mentioned this because um, because it is, in fact, something that happens all the time. They hide from where they hide from the people. So as we talk about like what's going to happen the next two years, the presidential election and the election for Congress, you know, senators and House guys, everybody should think about this that the real threats to democracy are not Twitter, or Facebook, or misinformation or disinformation. The, sometimes the real threat to democracy are the guys representing you in the United States Congress. And something to think about. I know nobody likes to think about it, but it's something to think about. The Unregulated Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, upbeat, rational, but understandably cynical. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara, for that. And you guys, you need this. You guys need to hear this. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, one last thing. You do need to hear it because it's important to know, right? Um, one last thing on Trump, right? I want to do this quick. I know I get asked a bunch of times about can he win. Short answer is take out the labels, just like you did on the election. You take out the labels. It looks like a status quo election, and it is. Take off the labels, take off the names, and just look at the architecture of the campaigns. Trump can raise a billion dollars plus. Um, the only other guy in the field who could do that is maybe Ron DeSantis yep. um, and not anywhere near with the speed of Trump. Um, Trump starts off with about at least 35 and maybe as much as 45 or 50 percent of the primary voters ready to that's vote right. for him. That's in why I said it was his to lose. For that's sure. right. In a field, let's go through the architecture real quick. In a field of three or four likely um legitimate candidates and four or five gadflies, 35% is going to be more than enough to win, right? I think he won with 32 or 33% of the uh, total mm -hmm. primary voters last time. So, um, and he starts off with a ready-made campaign infrastructure, right? A um, He's got himself a think tank and a super PAC, and he's got himself a bunch of blooded, you know, guys who have run national campaigns. Mm -hmm. Campaign manager is a guy named Chris Lasavita. I know Chris, he's a good guy. He's a solid campaign manager he's a that means he'll last about two weeks he maybe he's he's a he's a bit <laughs> chris get in you're fired yeah it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me he's, he's give me bit, somebody else he's a bit ruthless so um yeah no i i mean like i said he's the president of the united states i don't know if this made in a, a reporter asked me about it he's the president of the united states he's the leader of the party he you know he got himself a lot of advantages structural exactly. and otherwise and and, that's right. and and that's the other thing right i said you know as of yet, nobody's matched him on TV. As of yet, nobody's matched him on social media. So you just think about the architecture of the campaign, forget the names. Mm -hmm. You know, he starts off with lots of advantages. So can he win? The answer to that's got to be, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. We're about to find out, but of course, it's a possibility. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. And it's very possible that of the 300 something million people uh, in this country, of which I don't know how many are eligible to be president. We will once again, yeah, we will once again have to choose between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Yeah, so, I hope it's not going to come to that. All right, um, I'm going to close out. Speaking of President Trump, now they're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. I, I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites. A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged. He said, and across the stage was white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, in fact, the system is rigged, as he suggests, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. <laughs> no one had ever seen anything like that. No one had ever seen somebody come from inside of that house, outside, and tell all the commoners, we are doing everything that you think we are doing inside of that house. 
<laughs> oh man. A, I Thank saw you, Dave Chappelle. You are you are a, a necessary institution in the world we live in today. God almighty. And that yeah. is a wrap. We went long this week, but uh more more for our listeners to enjoy. Mr. McKenna, I look forward to seeing you again. If I don't before Thanksgiving, I want to wish you and all of our our viewers, listeners, a happy and wonderful Thanksgiving. That's a wrap. Peace out. Namaste. Namaste.